Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you are listening to episode 42 of the Talking Grammar podcast. You are also possibly watching it. I'm recording this one both as video and as an audio podcast like I normally do. Um, glad you're listening. However you guys got here, Spotify, iTunes, um, SoundCloud, obviously through the Albuquerque Journal's website, which is abqjournal.com slash sports. Uh, appreciate you guys getting here. This one is a non-basketball podcast. I know most of mine are podcast or most of my podcasts are about Lobo basketball, which is my primary beat at the Albuquerque Journal. Um, this one, though, uh, as I record this on a Friday afternoon, Saturday night, UNM Lobo women's soccer is playing for a Mountain West championship. Some weirdness about the conference calling it a cross-divisional match, but make no mistake, it's a championship match. Um, even if they won't officially call it that, the winner will be crowned the Mountain West champion, and the winner will get an automatic berth to the NCAA tournament. The Lobo women's soccer team um, hosting the match, obviously, against San Diego State, probably should be in the NCAA tournament anyway. They have an RPI, uh, a 9-1 record, first of all, and an RPI of 25 right now, last I looked. So um, maybe they get in the field of 48 anyway, uh, but maybe they don't. And as I talked to Heather Dyke about the, um, about the matchup, uh, I, I think that they're taking the approach, and she says they're taking the approach, that it's win or go home, and, and it's all or nothing tomorrow night, Saturday in Albuquerque. And it's been 10 years since this program's won a championship. Um, after the after the year that everybody went through, uh, UNM is not unique in having to deal with some COVID adversity this year, but New Mexico kind of had it a little different than most. There, there wasn't practices allowed um, for the longest time in the fall. There wasn't, as, as those of you who follow Lobo basketball, men's and women's, as well as Lobo football last fall, there weren't even home matches and, and home games and home events allowed in the state of New Mexico un, until, you know, recent, fairly recently, relatively recently. And I think it was Jan, late January when, <clears throat> excuse me, when some of those were first allowed. So anyway, great season for them, obviously. Um, Heather was, was awarded and named Mountain West Coach of the Year on Thursday. Uh, we do talk a little bit about that, but also we talk about more than just Lobo soccer. We talk about the branching out of, um, of uh, the opportunity for, for women's soccer in, in New Mexico and, and just the, the role that she takes on as the coach and that this team takes on, that, that when you show it to, to local, to girls around Albuquerque, and when you're playing for a championship in New Mexico, then, then there are, there's a whole other batch of girls um, in this state that see it and, and believe it can happen. And, and there's opportunity beyond just winning a championship tomorrow for this team. And, and it's something that they've embraced. Um, she's, she's certainly talked about empowerment, women empowerment, um, and, and the role that this team and, and um, a lot of universities have in, in, in making sure that goes forward. And, and I appreciate her for that as a father of two young girls that are hopefully growing up in a state where they where you know, women get the opportunities that men get. Um, she's certainly helping out along those lines. What she also has done is played along with me when I covered New Mexico United briefly for the journal last year. Um, and I'm sort of a non-soccer guy uh, starting to cover soccer. Uh, I, I played up the played up the role a little bit last year with trying to learn why they call it nil instead of zero. Well, you can't say someone won one to zero or two to zero. It's always two nil. Um, terms like offside in, in football, you know, you can say someone was offsides in soccer, you better not. Otherwise you'll hear about it on social media. Uh, there's a lot of little rules, little weirdness like that. It, it's hard to, for newcomers sometimes to, to follow soccer internationally. There is about 
a thousand, it seems like, leagues and affiliations and organizations um, to follow. And, and obviously there's a few really primary ones, but there doesn't seem to be a set season or, um, you know, football has a 16 game season. I guess they're expanding to 17 next year in the NFL and um, a Super Bowl at the end. You, you kind of know exactly what you're following in, in some of these other sports. It, it's harder for newcomers following soccer to, to follow that kind of stuff, but it's something that she helped me along with and, and some others certainly um, helped me try and understand when I was covering United last year. And uh, we play along with that a little bit and also get into Ted Lasso, which is a fantastic show. If you haven't seen it, um, she enjoys it. I enjoyed it. It is a American football college, American football coach. Um, it's a show about a college American football coach getting a job to, to coach the, the highest level um, soccer, professional soccer in Europe. And, and uh, it, it's just a great show. So we had some fun with that. I even wore my Ted Lasso Believe shirt for the uh, for the interview, and um, hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys enjoy all our coverage in the Albuquerque Journal, not just covering the lead up to Saturday's women's soccer championship for the Mountain West, um, but all all the stuff. Obviously, what I primarily cover is Lobo basketball, and we've had news every day this week about new um, players signing, new players committing to to UNM Lobo men's basketball, and, and new head coach Richard Pitino. Follow our coverage. Local journalism, it, it's important. Um, not just saying that because it's my job, but I'm saying that because I believe it. Local journalism is worth investing in, and I hope you guys take the opportunity to do so. abqjournal.com slash subscribe is how you can support the Albuquerque Journal. But uh, there's newspapers all over the state that you can subscribe to as well. The, the coverage of sports and of news at the local level isn't going to happen if – if you don't subscribe and support the local at the local level, just like any other business. So it's important. Hope you do that. There's my ask. Um, as far as this podcast goes, hope you guys enjoy this. Hope you guys enjoy maybe getting out to the game tomorrow, Saturday. It could be a little cold, could be a little windy, but I'll bet you guys enjoy it. If you guys go out and watch the Lobo soccer play for championship at UNM on Saturday night, again, episode 42 coming up an interview. I just had this afternoon with UNM Lobo women's soccer coach, Heather Dyke. How are you, Jess? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing, Coach? I am uh, lots of emotions, but but good. Well, what, let's go there then. What, what are the emotions? Are there nerves, or are there oh, sure. always are there always nerves though? Always nerves. I, I think nerves mean you care, and I I'm yeah. This team, I care. So I I want so badly for them to be able to make it to the next like this next little bit, and yeah. So nerves, excitement, pride. I mean, it's just been a heck of a year. So I think all those things add up to you know, a lot of emotion that I'm, I'm excited to see it all come to fruition tomorrow night. I want to talk about, um, you know, the, the match a little bit itself too, and, and San Diego state and stuff like that, but we're, 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 you know, we're opening with the nerves. So let me ask you this. Part of the nerves has to come with, I mean, opportunity and, and the opportunity you guys have is, is big. And, and you, you haven't shied away from, you know, there's a, a clip on social media you guys just posted yesterday about, you know, women empower, empowerment and, and the opportunity to, if girls can see it, they can be it, and, and that kind of stuff. This is a home match for a championship. Well, for a trip to the NCAA tournament, I know there's some ling- you know, language yeah. issues with yeah. calling it a cross-divisional right. match or whatever. But anyway, it's a championship. The Mountain West champion will be crowned tomorrow, and you know it is here in Albuquerque. That, that's, that's big, right? I, I mean, I think so, and I know our team thinks so. It's uh, – yeah, I mean – it's why I came here, you know, and it's something that I I think that we should be doing every year. Truthfully, I think this university is incredible. And I think, 
the state's incredible and, and uh, I think we're capable of great things. So to me, it, it's certainly a sense of pride because I'm from here, but to have the ability to host a championship game, I'm going to call it the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's a huge source of pride and it doesn't come very often. So I think opportunity is a good word and, and it's not ever guaranteed. So we're going to live it up and enjoy every second of it. And regardless of what happens, I think that we've made this community proud and, and that's something I'm very proud of. Have you, you get the sense that your players buy into the same, um, the, the same kind of understanding of, well, you don't want to make any match bigger than they can handle, obviously. I mean, it is at the end, you know, some would say at the end of the day, it's just still a soccer match, but um, it is an opportunity to, to do something that's, that's big for this program and, and hasn't been done in quite a while. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny because I've thought through that a lot. And I think one of the things that I've really embraced coming out of COVID, like in my own self-development, professional development, is why can't we just embrace the joy of it? Like, it is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And I'm not going to go around pretending it's not. It's huge for these kids, and they've earned every little tiny bit of it. So um, I think my previous self, pre-COVID, I, I would have tried to downplay it. Um but at this point, I just, I'm so happy that they get to do this and they get to experience this. And I'm happy for the community that we're, we're making everyone proud. And, and I think let's just relish it because it, it's not promised. Enjoying it. You, you, you get the sense that they are enjoying it too. Not just you, but oh, they yeah. <laughs> my, team, my team enjoys everything. They're, <laughs> they're, they're a fun group. They're a fun group. And, and I think one of their core pillars that they talk about every year is fun. Like they, everyone that's around this team, they, they come and they go, oh, they just have a good time. They enjoy things. And that's something I'm very proud of. Sports are supposed to be fun. Yeah. You obviously have um, experience, not just with, with Lobo, um, with the University of New Mexico soccer, with a wide variety of um, international soccer. And what are some of the, what, what are you still involved in currently? I know it's, um, it moved, you, you got a new appointment, I guess, in the last off season. What, what are you currently involved in outside of UNM? I have my hand in a lot. Um, I, to me, I, I, uh, I always want to be better and I always want to, man, I, I just, I feel stagnant if I don't find new things and throw myself into the fire a little bit. So um, I think it's the way you grow as a coach is, is you constantly put yourself in situations that you're unfamiliar with and out of your comfort zone. So um, I was part of the U20 national team that won the qualifying like a year ago this time. And then our world cup got canceled, which stinks. Um, so I'm hoping that I still get to be a part of that staff. I think I will as soon as it's up and running. And then, um, yeah, I've been appointed to the United Soccer Coaches uh, Board of Directors, which is kind of a different role for me. It's more of an administrative role, but it's, it's more about advocacy and trying to make sure that anybody and everybody that wants to be involved in soccer can, which I feel really passionate about. So that's kind of a cool role, a new one for me. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I teach courses. So I teach for CONCACAF and then I've recently been at it. I'm a FIFA technical expert now. So I get to help developing countries um, specifically try to de develop their women's programs and leagues and, and do some of that stuff too. So And, and none of that though for right now, probably in the next 48 hours or so probably matters at all because you're pretty, I would think, singularly focused on what's happening Saturday. Oh, night. without question. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in. I mean, it's the, the great part about what Eddie has allowed me to do and, and this university has allowed me to do is I think they see the benefit of as long as you get that management right, you can do both. And I have this incredible staff that when I do get to travel, they're, you know, here to help, but not during season. No way. I'm all Lobo right now. All right. Well, let me ask you about that. Then you, uh, you guys have a match Saturday night, um, seven 30, correct me if I say any of this wrong, um, but seven 30 San Diego state, it is, I guess by 
across divisional matchup, but it's for the championship. It's for the Mountain West Championship. Last time UNM won was two, was it 2011? Is that the last championship? I believe. I believe so. Yeah. Been a decade ago. Um, San Diego State has a few though. I, I was looking yeah. in the Mountain West record book. They have looks I think five. Most recently 2017. So. Um, as far as tradition goes, maybe they have, have you guys on tradition right now. Um, tradition doesn't really matter uh, probably right. tomorrow night all that much. Not the, sure. I mean, we're, we're the underdog. I mean, we're the underdog. We're not, we're not afraid of that role. San Diego State, I think, has been in nine of the last 10 conference championships, which is unfathomable. And, and kudos to them. I mean, I think the last thing you ever want to do is take, you know, somebody's credit away from them that they've earned and, and they've been the big dogs in our conference for a while. So it's my third championship game since I've been here. Um, one of them, <laughs> we were so tired. We couldn't even compete by the end of it. Uh, that was an interesting year. And then the second time I was there, we lost to San Jose and, and dominated them. Um, but what I've learned is that this game is not, it, it's not a culmination of the season. Like it's just an opportunity. And I, I think, if you don't enjoy the process, especially with what we've been through, then it's a waste. So we're going to go for it and we're going to go all out. But this team, what they've done this year, especially given kind of some of the hardships that we've we've all been through, certainly. But um, that that to me is the big deal. So we'll, we'll go for it. And you guys didn't end up missing any any matches. Um, you you know, everybody missed a lot of whatever normal is, you know, the normalcy of it all. So you guys went through it like everyone else, but, but knock on wood, did you guys handle um, all the COVID, the, the craziness of the past, you know, nine, 10 months, a year really of COVID uh, pretty well. Did your team handle it pretty well? Yeah. I mean, you know, we we're like everyone else. We, we had a few uh, incidents with it, but our mm-hmm. medical staff here has been pretty exceptional in, in helping us test and keep kids safe. Um, but yeah, we, we were fortunate enough that kind of football and basketball went through it before we did. Yeah. Um, so I think we stole some of their best practices and um, we were lucky enough not to miss any games, but I, I think we're one of the very few teams in our conference that didn't. So yeah. it, it was tricky for us though, because we didn't, we didn't get to practice much. I mean, we, we were pods of four in the, in the fall and then, um, you know, everything was kind of shut down and it opened up pretty quickly, thankfully, but it's, uh, yeah, we, we kind of scrambled to, to get the best we could on the field. Well, we talked a little bit about San Diego state's tradition and, and you, um, you guys are embracing this underdog role. Um, I'll, as far as tomorrow night goes, this is, a. Uh, am just looking at some of the numbers. You guys both score a lot. It looks like, it looks like both teams score a lot. Um, looking at the awards that came out yesterday, it looks like overall, at least for first team purposes, um, pretty even. I, I do want to ask you a little bit, did anybody get snubbed that, uh, that you would like to say the day before a championship match? Anybody uh, that you thought uh, maybe deserved an individual honor or should have been on the first team that wasn't anything like that? Yeah, you know, uh, yes. Yeah, that's my answer. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think um, with, with the season that Gwen Malley had, I, I, I don't know how she didn't get Offensive Player of the Year, truthfully. Um, I mean, she broke records and then I, I would say the same thing for our defense. Like it's, and I'm not trying to disrespect anyone who won it. And, and I get the process was difficult this year because our two sides of the division didn't play each other. Sure. Yeah. But when you have a team that gives up three goals and has seven shutouts and the defensive player years on a team that had four shutouts, like that's hard to stomach. And I think it's hard for the kids because it is important that they get the recognition. Um, so that, that part was a little difficult, but I think we all also understand that it's been an, an unusual year. Does that fall under maybe a little bit of the, look, San Diego state's been in at nine of not in the championship game, nine to 10 years. And, and you guys are sort of um, getting back there. You've been in the last, well, you said three you've been in. Um, is it, is it a little bit of a respect factor that 
um, we're facing here that, that the Lobos didn't get a little bit more recognition there? Or yeah, I mean, could be, could be, yeah. That, that it, certainly it, may I be mean, the, the kid that went offensive player of the year, I think, is one of the best players in conference. She's she's outstanding. So, um, yeah, I mean, but I, I, I think we we as a team feel a little bit that way. Yeah, like with, with the numbers we put up, I think it's hard to – hard to stomach a little bit, but it's also fueled the fire of, of what kind of passion we're going to bring tomorrow night. Do you think the fan base is going to respond too? I know there's been a push, man. And, and that I, I want to ask about that a little bit too. At UNM, like I, I'm the guy that gets to cover the, the fun stuff like regents meetings and, and financial issues. And, and <laughs> there's been a little bit of a black cloud over UNM with off the court, off the field kind of stuff for several years. And, and I'm the one that, you know, gets to, maybe be the, the face of that coverage a little bit. And it, it isn't fun to cover. I know UNM and you guys know about it, but like, it seems to me genuinely that you guys are sort of coming out of that black out from under that black cloud a little bit, because it looks like all the coaches are on the same page. You guys certainly specifically are having success. Danny has an energy to him um, with football. That seems to be from at least at, at a minimum, the very visible standpoint, he's leading the way with this. Let's all get on the same page sort of thing. Um, it, it seems like you guys are in a good spot at UNM right now. Does, is, is that me overstating a little bit, or do you get the sense that things are a little bit different now than maybe they had been overall the last several years? I completely agree with you. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, and I would say it's a culmination of a lot of people doing a lot of things without question, but Danny's been, he's been unreal. I mean, texting and showing up at games and like, he's, he's not just talk. He's, he's walking the walk. And I think because of that, it feels way more, um, all of us in it together. And, and that's yeah. the way it should be, you know, especially, especially at a university that's as special as this one. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think we're moving in a really positive direction. And I think Eddie's leadership has been a huge piece of that as well. I mean, he's, you know, it takes a little while to, to put pieces into play, but, uh, I certainly feel that way about our university currently. Seems to be just a kind of a funner time overall, um, even independent of whether or not a team's having success or not. It just seems overall um, a different mood over there. And that's good Good for, for a lot of people to see. Um, I am curious, uh, tomorrow night, obviously the winner automatic berth to the NCAA tournament. Are you, what, what's the situation if you happen to lose? I know that's not the plan, but if you happen to lose tomorrow night, is, is the NCAA tournament still happening for UNM soccer? I mean, I, honestly, I would hope so. I think our RPI this year is, has been really good, but I think RPI this year is really hard to assess because some people yeah. play ball, some people play in the spring, um, but we've been top 20 all year. So, you know, I'm hopeful that that will be something that's taken into consideration, but I'm also a realist. And since I've been here, we've only ever put one team into the tournament every year, regardless of kind of how good that second place team might be. So um, for us, it does feel a little bit like all or nothing. Does the team under, I guess the team, your players, um, they, they get that too. Are they approaching this as a, as an all or nothing? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. You guys have a couple other programs, uh, men's tennis, I guess, can wrap up a championship of their yep. own in the two, if they win two of the next three. And I know women's golf, I, I saw next week they play. So, um, you guys aren't the only ones you guys kind of got a lot of championships on the line coming up. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I would never I would never use the word that's been hard for New Mexico because I, I think um, it's been a lot harder for other people that don't play sports. Like, let's be honest, we're not curing COVID. Um, mm -hmm. We're lucky enough that we get to play sports and I get to coach sports for a living. But 
our university has not been able to train because of the restrictions in our state. And so I think anytime that you see these programs that are doing well, it's, man, it's an outlier. So I'm so happy for Ben and Jill and like Mike Bradbury, what they did with women's basketball. And I mean, I think the way that the football team ended up, like the spirit, like it, it's, uh, it's overcoming. It really is. And, and well, I think I'll say that's the, the spirit of New Mexico. And I was going to say that to speak to that, like, at the end of the season, football ended two and five. That, that's nothing that would normally generate the excitement that there happened to be there. And, and that kind of went into when women's basketball just kept winning and winning. And now you guys are kind of carrying the torch. Um, I, I would say overall, UNM, University of New Mexico handled what was an, a, a crazy, you know, no playbook for it kind of year pretty well. I completely agree. And, and I, I do think that comes down to our administration and leadership. Like it, it's been like you said, everybody's in it together and, you know, it's not always your record, but sometimes it's your spirit. And I, I think like just the energy of football is so awesome to see. It feels good. They're going to, I mean, they're, they're going to be there tomorrow. I would imagine I, yeah, after all I the, know. I was going to say, after all the talking Danny's doing, he, yeah. he better be there and he better have his chest painted or something, something crazy. Yeah, But you know, he, he's everywhere. Like that, that's yeah. the great part about it is, and, and I do think part of that is he's from here. Like he, he gets it. He, he understands New Mexico and, um, he's just all in, like he, he is New Mexico through and through. Um, but you, you see that in Ben Dunbar. I mean, he played here like, and they're yeah. just rolling and winning championships and his team is always like, they have this really cool culture and spirit to him. And same with Jill. I mean, just year after year successful. So it's, it's fun to be around people like that. Joe Franklin. I mean, Joe wins national championships. It's, it's yeah. unheard of. So the, these people are, are amazing people off the field as well, which makes it kind of a great environment. Well, Lobo women's soccer is in that category now, too, of pretty, pretty consistent the last several years of, of being, being at that level. Let me ask you one more about the match, and then I want to kind of do some rapid-fire other stuff with you. Uh, tomorrow's match, um, people are going to see what? What, what kind of – you know, what's the prediction, maybe not score-wise, but, like, what, what kind of match is it going to be? Well, I think they're going to see some wind, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> some rain. Um, but, that you know, that, that's soccer. That's the joy of being an outdoor sport. Um, but – I think I think one of the things that I'm uh, personally kind of the most proud of with our program this year is everybody that comes out, they comment on the energy. Like it's, and, and we have this ridiculously large bench this year because of COVID and some other things, um, but everybody's in it all together and, and you feel it. Like it's, it spreads to the audience and the amount of people that I've never met in my life that send me messages and go, what a cool environment, what a cool energy, what positivity, like that matters to me. And I think, I think you see that in the way we play. I think you see that in the way we present ourselves. Like it's, they're just incredible young women. All right. Um, I have talked, you know, openly on Twitter about not being the soccer guy. And you played along with it a little bit last year when I was covering New Mexico United and kind of learning as I went. And I, I might've played it up more, a little more than reality. I, I, <laughs> Without question. Soccer. Yeah. I know soccer a little, um, but, but there is some truth to it. Um, there are, uh, First of all, there's um, a show that is kind of in the mold of a guy who doesn't know much about soccer that I, I know you posted something recently on that I want to ask you about, and that's Ted Lasso. Um, why is Ted Lasso a kind of show that um, not only people that maybe don't know soccer well, but even soccer lovers seem to like? Do you, you And you like it, right? Just oh, sure. I loved it. I, I thought it was one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. It's just so positive. But to me, to me, it's it's <sighs> – I, I fully believe that it, the person matters more than the player. I believe it. And, and I think our job here is without question to win games, but more importantly is to try to help foster an environment that creates kick-ass women, you know? Yeah. And so when you see something like that, and I don't know, it just 
yeah, it was a feel good show during a time that you needed a feel good show. I'm all for like the whole environment in Albuquerque, New Mexico of, of uh, producing kick-ass women. I single, single mom growing up, um, older sister, grandma was alone for about 20, 30 years since my grandpa died and kind of ran the family sort of thing. And awesome. now I'm surrounded by three women in my house. I, yeah. over this shoulder here, my 11 year old daughter's somehow a flamenco, like she yeah, I, saw, I saw the video you posted actually. She's, she's yeah. impressive. It was good. I don't know where she gets it. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I can dance, but I've never done flamenco. Um, but like anyways, why she picked that up? I don't know, but she's, she's young and confident and what you guys are doing is helping that. And, and I love it. Um, it certainly in this house keeps me in line um, for her to be young and confident. Um, so I appreciate you guys doing that. But as you said, soccer sort of helps that a little bit too. It, it seems to maybe bring people under the, um, um, into the tent that, that might not feel um, as welcome in other sports. And, and that said, a lot of new people coming around to soccer with New Mexico United the last couple of years, or maybe with what you guys are doing, don't know things like offside is a singular, not a plural. Um, right. Even if you do it twice in a match, you can't call it offsides. Um, there are some things that I wonder about. Maybe you guys go a little too far, you you football head, you soccer heads, but um, there's some that I agree with too. If you call it halftime in basketball and football, why don't you call it full-time when it's over? I mean, half and full, and that's one thing I think soccer weirdly gets right. But let me ask you about other things. Okay. calf, 5,000 different leagues and tournaments, and there's not really a set season. People, it's hard to follow sometimes. Nobody – that doesn't know soccer knows what CONCACAF means or knows what all these different affiliations and, and organizations are. Is that maybe part of what makes a, a newcomer like me um, maybe a little intimidated on, as to what to follow? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think what's, what I think is amazing about soccer and that I think sometimes can be intimidating for people that didn't necessarily grow up being a soccer head, like you call it, um, <laughs> is that it is the world's game. And, and it's not negotiable. Like anywhere you go, it is, it's the thing. So yeah. people do become passionate and religious about it. And, and I think when you, you enter into that, it feels like you have to be all or nothing. So sometimes I think people just go, okay, nothing. Um, but it, it is, to me, it's, it's just this unbelievable game because it belongs to the players. There's no timeouts. There's no coaches calling plays. There's no like for 45 minutes, it's theirs. And I yeah. can stand up and say what I want, but it belongs to them. And I think that's there's something beautiful about that. Yeah. It's really hard to score, and people say it's low scoring, but it, it means you have to earn it, you know? Well, let me ask you that. Are you What do you prefer? The ideal match, um, you know, take you coaching out of it or whatever. You just watch one ideal match. Are you into a one-nil? That's another thing I've learned. You, you can't yep. call it zero. It has to be nil. Um, are, you, are you more of a one-nil kind of a soccer fan, or are you – do you prefer a four three? I know there's variation and nuance in what those games might have looked like, but like just yeah. in general, are you more of a four three fan or a one nil fan? Yeah, you know it, that's a good question. I, I think actually what I prefer is like I love the chess match of it. So I love when you watch a team that um, like these two contradicting styles, and that you see like throughout the game the where's space, where's time, how do you identify it, how do you occupy it, and and how coaches and teams uh, adjust to that. I actually find that way more fascinating than the score. Like I, I just love that piece of it. Um, but yeah, a good, a good four, three game. I mean, it's certainly more exciting, you know? Yeah. It, let me ask you, I brought it up a second ago and I know you're affiliated with them. So I'll put you uh, to the test. What is the acronym CONCACAF? Confederation of North America. Ooh, that's a good question. See, okay. Yeah, I, I actually don't know. It's, it's North America, Caribbean islands and Central America. 
Yeah. So it, however, I mean, however that fits in, it's, it's in there somewhere. And, um, and soccer fans know CONCACAF, but I, I don't know how many yeah. know what, what it actually stands for. So the, the crazy can... thing with CONCACAF is that it's, um, we, as a federation, we have 41 countries. Okay. So Conambol, which is South America, has nine. Jeez. <laughs> UEFA has, I think, 13. And CONCACAF has everybody from Montserrat, which is like 16,000 maybe max people that live in this country. Yeah. And they have the United States. So like, little to variation. Have, <laughs> right. To have like a functioning league and all these things is actually incredibly difficult. And then it's also one thing that people don't understand about CONCACAF too is that you can't fly from island to island. Like they're different countries. So unless you have certain passports, like you can't just go to a different island. So they yeah. have to go to Miami and then fly back down to an island right next to them. Oh, wow. Or, so it, it's part of the difficulty with our region being super successful is just the geography of it. Hmm. It is the world's game, as you said. Let, yeah. me ask you some, let me ask you some Ted Lasso questions now. And just so you know, I put this on. For I, I was wondering if that's what that was. I was it wondering is. if that's what that was. It is. You um, loved it too, right? Like what a feel good show. Loved it. I, yeah. I, very few shows I watched start to finish. Um, and I, I watched that one twice. I, yeah. I thought it'd be a little gimmicky. Um, I thought maybe after the first show, the, the football coach, you know, coaching soccer yeah. would get old, but it didn't at all. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was the perfect one for, for a quarantine year. You know, it was. Yes. Yeah. Something to smile about and you can do it with your family. Exactly. Um, they have characters in it. And I want to ask you, um, and these are my descriptions that I came up with of these characters, but okay. does Lobo soccer have a Roy Kent? And I think of Roy Kent as the no nonsense, all business, maybe too intense sometimes, but the overly intense, no nonsense player on the Lobos is, you know, sadly, I think it's probably me. <laughs> You're Roy Kent? I, hate, I hate to say it, but I get so focused on soccer. And I think sometimes I forget, sometimes I have to remind myself to take a step back and look at the big picture. So I, I think our players probably find a little bit more joy in everything that they do than I do. Sometimes the stress of it, I can become too obsessed. So I think the Roy Kent might be me. Interesting. I like that. Um, yeah. I, I'll just go in the order. I, I listed him here, but coach Beard, he's, he's the, for those that might be familiar with the show, he's kind of Ted Lasso's, as I described his kind of go-to for answers. Like he, he doesn't necessarily know, a whole lot about soccer, just like Ted Lasso doesn't when he first gets there. But when Ted Lasso has a question, he's the he's the go-to and seems to kind of have all yeah. the answers and keep him focused. Who's your go-to on the staff or around the program that uh, might have the quick answer for you and keep you yeah, focused? Yeah, you know, th this year it's been, you know, we've had a little a little bit of staff turnover with COVID. One of our assistants got a, a different opportunity, but we added a, a student manager, a volunteer, and his name's Nathaniel Worcester, and he is... Well, that's a perfect name, maybe. Maybe that's a better... Because uh, there's Nate and Ted Lasso, too, that maybe. Yep. So th this guy, though, I mean, he, he knows a little bit about something about everything. He is talk about a soccer head, but he's just been this amazing addition to our staff. And, and yeah, like the, the facts that he brings into the office, it's it's epic. So I, I think anytime you add a new piece and that person comes in, kind of highlights something that's already been good. But that, that's who would be our coach beard. And you, you said uh, a student, or student assistant or graduate assistant? Yeah, he's a student manager. He's a freshman. He's so. a student manager. That so that's an intimidating role to come into and feel like you can even contribute. Yeah, um, he, yeah, he's been he's been such a great addition. Such that's a awesome. great addition. Um, all right, Jamie Tart. I I won't put you on in a bad position and say from an arrogant standpoint who is it. Yeah. But is there someone on your team that just kind of makes you kind of drop drop your jaw sometimes and say, "Wow, that, like from a skill, just straight skill level, that's Jamie Tart out there." 
Oh yeah. Uh, so that probably would be Jaden Edwards. I mean, she, she's some of the stuff that she can do with the ball is, is pretty, pretty unbelievable. But this year, more than any other year, like we've got some special kids on the ball. And, and I, yeah. I, we were just watching a few videos. We're putting together a little something for the kids, but um, their comfort and their comfort level on the ball. But she's the exact opposite of Jamie Tart in terms of attitude. She's attitude and everything else. Oh, she's sometimes I say too humble. Like she's, yeah. she, but she's special on the ball. She can do some things that make, make people struggle. All right, I got two more for you. Um, I think it's Leslie Higgins. I, I just have it written down here as Higgins, but he's the guy around. He, he's the you know behind the scenes guy. He's not on the coaching staff. He's not a player, obviously. But is there anyone around Lobo Soccer behind the scenes that we wouldn't know of otherwise? That you know you, you guys just aren't working. It doesn't work without this person behind the scenes. Is there somebody like that that might be yeah, like the Higgins yeah, guy? Yeah, that, that's our athletic trainer Marco Corda, without question. Right. Yeah, he he actually was our. Uh, graduate assistant and then left and went back to Germany and came back because he was just so into Lobo soccer and we've been lucky enough to hire him full-time but he's I mean he helps the bench get excited he he's giving the kids their electrolytes he's he's in all the coaching meetings he's on the field like doing whatever he can but he's uh yeah he knows a little bit of something about everything awesome you kind of said this might apply to your whole team but the last one I want to ask you about is Danny Rojas and that's just the the happy all the time even after a loss, after something bad happens, like just almost weirdly happy all the time. Is, do you guys have somebody on that, on the roster that's, uh, or on the team that's just always happy, always, always up? Yeah, you know, this year it's been a kid named Maya Asaya. She's our, our center defender, but she's been, she gets, we do this thing at the end of every practice where you can give a shout out. So you, you give um, recognition to someone who's either given like a selfless active team first or had a great practice or done something. And, this year she just been given so many of them just for her attitude. Like she just comes with positivity and is cracking jokes, but still working hard. Like she just brings this lightness to it. And I think anytime you have a player like that, it just kind of helps to, there's always, you always know you can count on them for their mood and, and that stuff matters when you're in, in the grind of it in the middle of a season. All right. You played along with me on Danny Rojas and Ted Lasso questions. I appreciate it, Heather. You guys, you guys have done something special this year, and, and a lot of people are, are taking notice. Hopefully, a lot of people take notice in person tomorrow. Um, but I appreciate you doing this, and, and uh, good luck tomorrow. Yeah, my pleasure, Jeff. Thanks, thanks for doing it as well. It's they deserve it. They're they're a pretty pretty incredible group of women. So I do have a couple. You know what? I, there's one I wanted to ask you about that's not Lobo related. Let me ask sure. you. Yeah, go for it. Professional soccer in Albuquerque in the next five years is it going to happen for women? Women's professional. Man, I hope so. I hope so. I, I, there's, there's been nothing in New Mexico United, so they're going to do that. They haven't. So yeah. I, I think when they say that there's a commitment to it, I, I sure hope so. I, I think we'd be an unbelievable market for it. Is, is what New Mexico United, what they've done, how has that helped your program in any way? I mean, I, I think they've helped our state. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I think their commitment to doing things right and to promoting New Mexicans and, and community service and, just the way they do things. Like they're such incredible people. I mean, if you meet a New Mexico United player, they're going to come chat with you and they know things and they've come out to our practices and they come to our games and they've just, they've united the state. I mean, I, I've, I've been so impressed with what they've done. Sounds good. You guys are doing the same right now. So hopefully, uh, like I said, good luck tomorrow. I appreciate you uh, for doing this, but also just for the season you've had. And like I said, the, the I saw the clip yesterday on social media about just empowering women and just the importance of that as, 
as the as the only guy in a whole family of nothing but women yeah. um, i i appreciate you doing that and, and and helping me raise a couple daughters into a world that uh maybe that doesn't have to be a conversation i would love that yeah i would love that but thanks for saying that jeff it, it does i don't think you realize that until you're a little bit older but there's there's not a lot of women doing a lot of you know some of these powerful powerful positions and yeah, I do think you have to forge the way and be aware of it and, and promote other women. I mean, you have to promote people that are talented regardless, but. There's some that haven't exactly had that uh, opportunity and opportunity yeah. is something that's come up a lot. So good luck on your opportunity tomorrow. Heather, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, there you go. There was episode 42 of the Talking Grammar podcast. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with UNM Lobo women's soccer coach, Heather Dyke, um, ahead of their Saturday night Mountain West Championship match against San Diego State. Um, appreciate her for giving me the time, obviously the day before a big match, but also for for talking about so much and having some fun with me, um, talking Ted Lasso and, and her team and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to go to that match, it's at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday, April 17th. You're in Albuquerque at the UNM Soccer Complex, and they play San Diego State. Winner goes to the NCAA Tournament. And possibility of, of UNM going to the NCAA tournament, even if they lose, but certainly no guarantees along that front. So win and you're in, and that's sort of their mindset with it. Again, subscribe to the Albuquerque Journal. We've had coverage of, of Lobo Soccer all week heading up to the championship match. Uh, my primary beat, obviously, is Lobo Men's Basketball, and we've had coverage of that all week as well In the new as the new era of Lobo Basketball starts with head coach Richard Pitino. I know uh, yesterday Jalen House, a transfer from Arizona State, announced he's coming to be a, a Lobo, son of former NBA player Eddie House. And then this morning, as I recorded this interview today on a Friday, uh, this morning Jamal Mashburn Jr., also the son of a former NBA player and former Kentucky Wildcat who played for Rick Pitino, and that's the connection with new Lobo coach Richard Patino. But anyway, Jamal Mashburn Jr. announced he will become a Lobo just this morning. So Lobo basketball coverage still coming every day. Uh, plenty of it in the in the Albuquerque Journal print edition, but also online, abqjournal.com slash sports. will get you straight to the sports coverage. Again, my final ask of this episode, and that's subscribe. Please support local journalism, abqjournal.com slash subscribe. Is, uh, helps podcasts like this, helps sports coverage. Helps, obviously, the news coverage, but if you want to keep having plenty of coverage and exposure of local sports, uh, subscribing to the Albuquerque Journal is the best way to, to see to it that that continues. Appreciate you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and hopefully there'll be another one coming up pretty soon. Until next time, thanks for listening.